Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. And um, uh, we've been looking at uh, unhealthy patterns. This is really about freedom and uh, running, running, getting out of the, the bent of running in circles. And we talked a little bit about that last week. But I want to continue to, I'm just going to kind of review for just a second, just a couple of the definitions of what it means to run in circles. And uh, one thing we discovered is that to run in circles is to waste one's time and energy engaging in trivial, aimless pursuits. You know, we find ourselves running in circles when it comes to life, and really what we're going to discover today is I'm kind of building this series, just so you know. Um, I'm not going to give you all the fix-alls today, but I just want to build some faith in you because we are going to talk about mind. We're going to talk about how to deal courageously with your thoughts. We're going to talk about all those sorts of things of relationships and community um, and how that affects your ability to walk in healthy patterns. But today, I just want to, I'm going to ask you a question today as we, as we kind of turn this series just a little bit. And um, the question I want to ask you this morning, based on that definition of running in circles, which there's, there's a couple more, here's the other one, is to, fa- uh, to fail to make any meaningful progress, right? And we use the example of the hamster wheel, which was cool. Last week in kids' church, um, and if you have fourth and fifth graders too, and they went to class, Uh, You're going to be picking them up in a different location. You're going to be picking them up across from our nursery because we had to do a little bit of moving around because they have the the police department has their um, uh, safety town happening up in the gym. And so, but the blessing is they're going to let us keep our stuff up. Amen. Come on. Come on. That's a good thing. That's the setup and teardown team that clapped. Um, And so um, it means to fail, to make any meaningful progress. We talked about the hamster and the hamster wheel. Uh, Busy doing something without achieving anything important or making progress. We've all experienced those stuck times, those stuck moments in life. And so um, the, the, the title of today's message is simply a question, and it's this. Do you want to be healed is the question. We're going to wrestle with this question this morning because whether we realize this or not, we have unhealthy patterns. The, love th- the, the thing I love about the next generation, and especially young, young kids, is uh, they're so moldable, right? They're not set in their ways. Uh, the next generation, they're, they're open, they're flexible, they're, they're willing to make changes and, 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 and really deal with patterns and things in their life, the majority of them. Um, and and as you, if you have younger kids and, and little ones, uh, you raise them in a certain way that you help mold their foundation. Now, they don't make every decision correctly, but at the end of the day, you put something in them that allows them, you've packed their bags for life in a way that, that you want them to grow and become all God has for their life. Well, as you get older, the patterns get more stuck down in the cement. When you get older, it's hard to, to kind of crack up the foundation a little bit and we live in this place where we say, well, this is, where, this is the way it's always been, Pastor. I'm always going to think like that. Well, guess what? You're always going to think like that because you think you're always going to think like that. And most of the time, we can't change patterns and things in our life if we don't a- answer the question, do we want to be healed? If we're living with unhealthy patterns, we want to break those cycles in our life. We want to break those toxic things in our life in order for us to be healed. Now, we used the woman at the well last week, and uh, uh, we, we talked about her for just a little bit, and how, how Jesus uh, did not have to go through Samaria um, because there was a traditional route that the Jews would take. They would take it around Samaria. In other words, Jesus is willing to uh, uh, conquer and, and deal with our mess and face our mess versus taking a traditional route around the things in our life that he wants to get right down in the middle of it. And so we started to see that this woman, uh, Jesus came to her, uh, John chapter 4, at the well, and it was noon, it was hot, it was hot, and most of the time you come to the well at 6 o'clock in the morning because it's cool. But the crowd's there, and the crowd had understood the reputation of this woman. You know, Jesus called it out in her. He says, listen, you've had five husbands, and the one you're with is not the one you're, is not your husband." and the one you're living with. Now, he didn't call her out in a mean way. He didn't call her out in a bad way. He didn't call her out in a judgmental way. What he was trying to communicate to her 
is, lady, if you're going to get healed, there needs to be some things revealed. Jesus can really only heal the things that's revealed. And so as they're revealed, he took grace and mercy upon her life. And really what he was trying to communicate to her was this was a cycle in your life that had become an unhealthy pattern. And so she would take her water pot consistently to avoid the crowd. A lot of us, we can't deal with unhealthy patterns in our life because we justify our unhealthy patterns and we're not willing to, to lay those things down. Listen, God wants you free. You know, you ever feel like sometimes you're just missing out on things? Well, it might be because there's an unhealthy mental and, 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 and pattern in your life that you can't seem to get over. Well, that's what happened with this woman. He was revealing unhealthy patterns in her life. You know, she would come uh, when it was uh, at noon, and it was, he was revealing just this pattern of avoidance. He was dealing with her insecurity. He was dealing with things that was happening in her life, and she was carrying this water pot. And she would come to the well, and she would get the water, but the water pot in her life represented an unhealthy pattern. It, it represented an un unhealthy cycle. And so cycles that really had her running in circles. And a lot of us have cycles in our life that keep us running in circles. Some of you, it's just you have a cycle of picking bad relationships. And that keeps you running in circles. That keeps you running in cycles. And, and if you're not careful, the things in your life that you, that you continue to allow in are the things that's going to continue to keep you stuck. And God wants us free from those things. Listen, I really believe who you hang out with is who you become. Come on, somebody. That's it. You want to hang around turkeys. You want, to, you want to be an eagle, but you hang around turkeys. Come on, man. You're going to be on the table at Thanksgiving dinner. You're not going to be able to become an eagle, become an eagle if you hang around turkeys. That's why I encourage the young people, especially the next generation, is don't, don't walk with just your peers. Your peers are in the same place you're at. Walk with people that's been ahead of you, and that's wisdom. And if you want to go somewhere, hang out with somebody that's already been there. And so uh, wisdom says that. And so sometimes we, we got to take a look at our relationships and our, and our mental patterns and our mind. And so that's what this woman, this represented. But I love John chapter 4, verse 28 and 30. It says this. It says, the woman left her water jug. In other words, she had such an encounter with the Lord that she laid down her unhealthy patterns. And I love how the unhealthy patterns went from it was all about her and her issues to how can I tell everybody in my town about Jesus? Now, this is how you know that you've broken some unhealthy patterns in your life. 95% of the church does not talk about Jesus. We enter into a building and we worship him on Sundays, but come Monday, we're secret service Christians. We don't say anything. That, guess what? That's an unhealthy pattern. See, because when you're free, and you're free from the things of this world, and you're free from the mental strongholds, and you're free from what everybody else thinks about you, but, but when you get free of those things, the natural response is to tell people the stories and how good God is in your life. But see, that's what happened in this instant was this woman. She left her water pot. She left her cycles and, and, and what had kept her running in circles. And it says, beside the well and ran back to the village telling everybody. What if today, here in church, that an unhealthy pattern was broken and you ran back into your family and told them how good God was? Now, I'm not talking about, oh, the church service was great. It was hopping this morning. No, I'm talking about a mental breakthrough in your life that was so significant that you left your water pot and your unhealthy pattern at the well, and you ran into the places that you have influence and started to tell those people how good God is. Think about the significance that would happen in your life. This is what happened in this woman. Come and see a man who told everything I did. Now, what's crazy about that is most people in society be like, I don't want to get around a guy that's going to tell me everything I did. Why? Because we have secret things we do that we don't want nobody else to know about. But for some reason, this encounter happened, and everybody says this. It says, so the people came streaming from the village to see him. Something happened in this woman that an unhealthy pattern had been broken, and this woman had been healed. See, she didn't care that Jesus knew everything about her. See, it wasn't just an idea. It was something that, that she didn't care. She didn't care what others thought of her after her encounter with Jesus. Once God broke the unhealthy pattern, 
then, then all of a sudden, she didn't care what other people thought about her. Literally, what Jesus was doing, as we talked about this last week, was he was really revealing her four basic needs of acceptance, of identity, of security, and purpose. And when his, when his living water, the Holy Spirit, who God gave to us, that when the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit began to work in her life, that all of a sudden, every one of these needs that we all have were met in Jesus. And so, listen, sometimes in order for Jesus to heal things, he has to reveal things. It's in this moment she finds healing in him. Jesus was revealing unhealthy patterns in her life, and we all have them. Look at your neighbor and say, you unhealthy. Come on, don't act like you're holy. Look at the second person next to you and tell them you're unhealthy. That hurts sometimes, doesn't it? Especially if you're like, I've been wanting to tell them for like 10 years this. Thanks, pastor. Right? But listen, here's a quote from Chip Judd. He said this, thirst is the pain or discomfort of an unmet need. That in our lives, we have discomfort and we thirst for certain things in our life like this woman. But Jesus told her, listen, she said, listen, you keep drinking this water, lady. You're going to keep coming back here at noon to draw water. But the water that I give you, you'll never thirst again. He was talking about the born again Holy Spirit experience in that moment. But listen, thirst, thirst. Thirst is the pain or discomfort of unmet need. That's what happens in our life. We start thirsting for different areas in order to get our thirst quenched when we only have to go to one. We go to all these other wells in life. We go to work to get significance and success. We go to relationships to find our identity. We go here to find this and we go here to find that. Listen to me today. You can go to one well and his name is Jesus. And you go to Jesus and allow him to be the well. He's going to heal you, deliver you, transform you, give you a purpose, tell you who you are, and give you a mission for life. Bottom line. You agree with me this morning? Just one well. That's the one well you got to go to. So in the, so, so unhealthy patterns, I want to tell, here's what I want to, I want to kind of frame up for you this morning. I want to talk to you about how unhealthy patterns, what they create in your life, how they get here. See, unhealthy patterns are established by trying to, three things, number one, is defend or protect ourselves from something. Sometimes in our life, unhealthy patterns are established in our life, and maybe up until this point, this is what you've tried to do. You've tried to defend or protect yourself from something. Whether that's, whether that's a relationship, whether that's vulnerability, whatever it may be, but unhealthy patterns are established in our lives because we try to protect ourselves from something. We don't want to be vulnerable, so we have to seclude ourselves, and we have to isolate ourselves, and we have to hold on to this thing. Well, guess what? While you're doing that, there is an unhealthy pattern being established in your mind. The second thing is this, is they find comfort. You find comfort or security for something. So unhealthy patterns are established by trying to find comfort or security for something. Some of you, this is just the, this is how an unhealthy pattern has been for your life. Some of you are in relationships right now because they make you feel secure. Some some of you, you're married today because there was a security factor that you needed, so you decided to get married. Guess what? That's not what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that we can't find our security and our significance in a person. We can only find true security and significance in Jesus. And when we do that, yeah, you're married today, but listen to me. Your security, whether you're a, uh, you know, a you know, husband or wife, whatever you may be today, your security can't be in the person you married. Why? Because we're imperfect. We're, 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 we're fallible. We're humans. We're broken. We need Jesus. And so if you put all the security in somebody that's, that's not perfect, then guess what? When they fail you because you set the expectation high, right? And every time you set an expectation high and you have a reality, in between there's a big gap and it's called tension. So in our lives, what happens is, is when we put our security and we put the expectation upon a human, and the reality is that we're broken on all busted people that when you put the faith into a person, all of a sudden it creates tension and you struggle. 
God wants us to realize that that creates an unhealthy pattern in our life. The third thing is how they're, how they're established is we try to find healing or relief from something. Some of you are addicted to certain behaviors because you're trying to find healing in it. Now, this is a series that's going to, like, step on your toes, all right? It's going gonna, it's gonna to get way down in there, right? Because if we don't get way down in there and start to really look at unhealthy patterns in our life, we can't be free. We'll live in the same bondages we've always lived in. We'll continue to go around the same mountain we've always gone around, and we'll just continue to live this way. Well, our unhealthy patterns are established by trying to find healing or release, relief from something. John 4.10 says this. Jesus replied, if you only knew the, gift of, knew the gift God has for you. Listen, folks, God has a gift for you. It's freedom. God has a gift for you. It's healthy. God has, a, God has a gift for you. It's healing and it's wholeness. And I'm not just talking about physical. I'm talking about mental and emotional. You know, we have a generation that's coming up that's plagued by mental and emotional issues. There's been a ton of, like, college athletes recently that have taken their life because of mental problems. 20-year-olds taking their life because of Mental problems, depression, anxiety, stress, those sorts of things. And they don't know how to handle the mental side of life. They don't know how to manage the mental side of life. And this, listen, the significance of this next generation, what you have to understand is this, is this is the first generation. The reason we have what we're having in the next generation is this is the first generation on the earth where it's been all about them. Hey, somebody. But I will tell you this, that this next generation that's coming up believes in a cause. When they, when they have a cause, they're going to hop into that cause. Well, they're going to hop in. But listen, I want you to understand something. This next generation, because they've been raised on screens, and they've, they have Snapchat and Twitter and TikTok and all the different things they have that they involve themselves in, and secret night, at times at night when they're alone, and they sit there and they're on social media, that that, agi- that agenda of that realm is forming an unhealthy pattern in them. Insecurities are birthed through uh, unhealthy patterns and soulless remedies, and we live in this place, and listen to me, parents, work on you so you can pass on healthiness to your kids. You're like, well, pastor, I don't know about that. Listen to me, everything you do and everything you say, you're not perfect, you need Jesus, repent, do all that, Tell your kids how dumb you are, amen. I've had to do it a bunch, right? And that just simply means I have to ask for forgiveness because I don't do it right all the time. But at the end of the day, if we're gonna be successful and we're gonna break cycles, we're gonna have to teach our kids like what healthiness looks like, right? And you can't just allow it just to happen. You're gonna have to intentionally work on you because guess where they're getting the pattern from? Mom and dad. They're getting their cue on how to live from mom and dad. Boy, it's quiet up in here. I'm, a, I'm sorry. If I'm all up in your aorta, I apologize today. But I want you to know that we're seeing cycles in the next generation because there's an unhealthy parent quotient involved in, in the equation. And if we don't start to look at our own, our own issues, if we don't start to focus in on our unhealthy patterns, guys, we're just passing on who we are. And we want to pass on, how many want to pass on health and wholeness to the next generation? Well, if you're going to do that, you got to focus on you. you got to focus on fixing you. you got to focus on dealing with you and the unhealthy patterns in your life. Jesus said that I've got a gift for you. And he said, in who you are speaking to, you, to, to, you would ask me, and I would have given you living water. So here's how unhealthy patterns, this is what unhealthy patterns create. Number one, as we just said, they create more thirst. They're going to create more thirst in your life. When there's an unhealthy pattern, you can see what you're thirsty for. When I say thirst, I don't mean like Coca-Cola, amen. I'm talking about the desire and the drive of life. I'm talking about the motive of you, that it creates this thirst and this, this behavioral hunger for things to fill the thirst. It creates this behavioral thirst in you to want to wanna, uh, achieve it, in other places. Jeremiah chapter 2 says this. 
says, be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people, he's talking about us, have committed two evils. Number one, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, a broken cistern, if you look up a cistern, what a cistern is, go ahead and throw my picture up there. This is a cistern. It's a hole in the ground. And if you go over to Israel and you go over, uh, uh, over there and back in the day where Jeremiah is writing about this, is basically a cistern was a hole in the ground that caught rainwater. In other words, it has to take a source of water from another place in order for it to be filled. And Jeremiah is communicating that my people have carved out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns. In other words, we've taken sources of life and we've tried to fill our life with it, but at the end of the day, it's broken. We try to take the, the culture and we try to take, per se, water from another source to get our fulfillment. Now, see, the thing about a cistern is, leave that up there, is that, again, it's a hole in the water to catch rainwater. It differs from a well, and the reason it's different from a well is, is because it holds water, again, that's captured, um, uh, that's captured from another source, opposed to, or the opposite of, tapping into an underground water source as wells do. That wells, they tap into a way down, that way down yonder water source in, 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 for it to, to, to be resourced. I went to Peru, and one of the things we did is we, we, we built wells. Now, when you build a well in Peru, what they do is they give you, it's the craziest thing I've ever done in my entire life. They, they, they trench, they put like holes in the ground for the water to go into, and they do all this stuff, and then they have you come, and it's like this, it's like a uh, hand auger where you're just turning this thing. And basically, you're just, you're, just, <laughs> you're just turning it by hand until you hit water source. So what they do is they go down 12 foot, they pull it back up, they attach a pipe to it. And then you push it down in there, and then they do it again, and they just, they just keep going. I mean, I bet we were six pipes lengths down into the earth. I thought, dear God, are we ever going to stop doing this? Because every time you do it, right, you take it, you unhook the pipe, you put another pipe in between it, and then you just keep going and going until you hit water. Well, guess what? That water, that well, uh, they can crank that water out anytime they want. Why? Because it's being supplied from an underground source. It doesn't have to rely on another source in order to get water. So for us, what God is telling us is unhealthy patterns create more thirst. In other words, I have to keep going over here, another source of water to fill something that was not to be filled by this source of water. God wants us, the Bible says that he would be in us a well, a well of springing up water in our life. In other words, when we get our root system and our pipes down into Jesus, he will be the water supply that we would need, and he never runs dry. So he tells us that we have these cisterns in our life. We have these broken places. Listen, do you know that the cistern, like when you read Joseph, that Joseph was actually thrown into a pit, but that pit was a cistern. And listen to me, back then what would happen is every broken cistern that was used, where it was no longer, it was broken, it was no longer holding rainwater, they would turn them into prisons. Interesting. That a broken cistern, everything we've tried to take this water from this water source, and we've tried to fill our lives with it, but at the same time what we're doing is we're creating ourselves a prison. Oh, we might have a little bit of fulfillment for a moment, but that's why he calls it a broken cistern that cannot hold water on its own, nor does it generate water on its own, that eventually taking water from this source, trying to fill a broken cistern, actually turns into a prison. That God, what we have to understand today is cisterns are substitutes for wells, that they were man-made. Somebody dug that hole. The thing, with a, with the thing with a well is it's water source way down deep on the inside of the earth. 
So God wants us to understand today that unhealthy patterns create more thirst. They are exhausting. Broken cisterns are exhausting and they create more thirst. They put us into a place of a prison. And what we've done is we've taken different things of this culture, relationships and, and addictions and, and, and things where we where we take trying to take this water because we're unfulfilled, we're a broken cistern over here, so we figure if we take water from here and we put it over here, we'll be happy. It's like when you get married, right? And you get married and, you're, and you think to yourself, okay, we've been living, you know, we've married, we've been married for a year and uh, we're not really fulfilled, so let's have kids. Dear God. <laughs> right, or, or the other way, let's start this way. You're married for a year and you're like, wow, man, like, we're unfulfilled right now. Let's get a dog. And all of a sudden what happened is you, had this, you have this attention between you and your spouse, and then you add a dog to it, and your attention just got divided because he's got to go potty. He's got to be fed. He's got to have water. He's got to be taken out, right? And then we're like, oh, well, the dog's not doing it. Let's have a child, similar in nature. Let's have a, let's have a kid, Right? And so what happens in life, though, is we keep adding these things to it, and before long, we're trying to take water from this cistern and adding it over here to try to get fulfillment. And all it does is create more thirst. We just keep buying, and we keep spending, and we keep living in this place where we keep creating more thirst. Listen, the relationships in our life are key. Let me say it this way. People in our lives can reflect Jesus to us, but they can never be Jesus for us. <laughs> Let me back up. They, listen, the people in our lives can reflect Jesus to us, but they can never be Jesus for us. Jesus is the only one who can be the repairer of the breach of your heart. He's the only one that can heal you. Adding people into your life, they can reflect the Jesus that they live with into your life, but they can never be Jesus to you. That's why I encourage single people. Listen, if you're single in the room, all the single people, all the single, all you single people, learn how to be completely single before you find the person that you're going to marry. Completely single means not just, oh, I'm completely single, I'm self-sufficient. No, you learn how to be completely single-hearted to the God that gives you security, that gives you acceptance, that gives you purpose, and you learn how to be completely single before him and allow him to be the dictator and the, and the, and the leader of your life. Because when you do that, you're getting things in order and you're not developing an unhealthy pattern in your life. Jesus is the only one who can repair. Isaiah 58, 11 says this, the Lord will guide you continually. Listen. Giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Understand that the patterns in our life, the significance of changing them is whether or not we're going to continue to thirst for the wrong stuff. The second thing an unhealthy pattern does is it creates idols in our life. It creates idols in our life. An idol is this. An idol is anyone, here we go, or anything that takes the place of God in my life. Come on, man. Look, I, I believe I'm a good husband. Come on. Wouldn't you agree, baby? You think I'm a good husband? <laughs> hey, man, you better shake on down there. I believe I'm a good dad. Right, kids? You better say it. Father's Day is next week. All right. Okay. <laughs> but I'm not their savior. And I work really hard to be a good dad and a good husband. But I'm not their savior. How many would, whether you agree with me or not right now, how many would say I'm a pretty good pastor to you? Would you agree? Okay. But, but I can only reflect Jesus so much to you. There comes a point in your life where you have to start to see Jesus for yourself. In other words, people can't become idols in your life because they're broken vessels that can never fulfill you like God can. And see, an idol is this, and I believe that's why a lot of people leave churches sometimes. And here's what I mean by that. They put the pastor and the leaders on a pedestal. 
And when the person that's on the pedestal that they've put in their life as an idol all of a sudden does something wrong, then that imperfectness, they, they, they look at that and they go, well, you know what, man, that's crazy. And it's nothing major, like we're out, right? People do it all the time. But we put, we put people on this pedestal, right? I mean, we've done that from government figures. Shall I tread where people tread to tread? I'm gonna tread, let me tread for just a minute. When you put a political figure in the seat and you start to worship that political figure and then you don't get your way because something happened that you don't get your way, all of a sudden now, we throw our hands up, right? We're like, God, what in the world's going on? How could this happen? Oh, God, what's going to go on with our country? What's going to happen? I can tell you right now that God's kingdom does not represent the United States of America. God's kingdom is another culture in another realm that we're called to tap into that kingdom to bring that kingdom into this realm. So get the idols off the altar, right? Idols in our life, they're created. We, we put them, an idol is anyone or anything that takes the place of God in my life. And we put people and things in the place of God. Now that doesn't mean you're mean to people. Right, it doesn't mean you're rude to people. Well, I'm a Jesus follower, and I love God. Well, you don't sound like it. <laughs> Listen, that doesn't mean you're mean to people. That just means Jesus is in the right place in your life. Right, instead of there being idols. And so, and I, idolatry is this. Here's idolatry. Idolatry, now think about your life for just a minute. Idolatry, we think idolatry, we think witchcraft and bowing down and biting bats heads off and craziness, right? And drinking blood, the demonic. We got more idols in our life than we really know, right? So here's idolatry. Idolatry is established when we give a person a pattern or belief, a higher place of superiority than God in our lives. So how many of you would honestly say, I'm an idol worshiper? No, don't raise your hand, dear God. <laughs> Just keep that to yourself. <laughs> but we worship idols and we don't even know it based on that definition of idolatry. So what happens when we're, we're trying to be healed and, we're, and what unhealthy patterns create? They, create? they create idols in our life. Romans 125 says this, they traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created. There it is. We, we put people on this pedestal. God created us. Instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. So Romans tells us that idolatry is exchanging a truth for a lie where we worship the creation versus the creator and we have a pattern of person or belief that's higher than the superiority than God in our lives. How do we do that? How do we worship people? You expect people to heal and fulfill the area in your life that only God was intended to fulfill. That's how we do it. And we do it all the time. We wonder why we don't have the results of heaven. It's because there's an idol between your God in your circumstance, right? It's time for the idols to be torn down in our life, and idols are mainly things, patterns, behaviors, and beliefs that we've established that create an unhealthy pattern, and idolatry happens in our life. Idolatry is putting an unrealistic expectation on someone else to meet your every need. Let me say it again. Idolatry is putting an unrealistic expectation on someone else to meet your every need. So here's a question to wrestle with. Jesus, who or what has become an idol in my life? I'm gonna close with this, number three. I know we're Laura the piano guy, you can come. John five, John five. Number three is walls of separation that unhealthy patterns in our life are created and they create walls of separation. They create more thirst, they create idols in our life, 
and they create walls of separation. John chapter five, verse two through nine says this. Now there's an in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, an aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed uh, 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 table, uh, sorry, in the, that word threw me off, but it's like a benches is how they put it. In these lay a multitude of in, invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who has been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew he had already been there a long time, he said to him, this is the question, do you want to be healed? 38 years in an unhealthy pattern. 38 years in, as an invalid, not being able to get into the pool. Because it was believed that the word Bethesda means mercy waters. The pool of Bethesda was about grace and mercy. That if you could get in there and be the first one in when the angels stirred the, stirred the waters, you'd be healed. So this man, for 38 years of his life, had an unhealthy pattern. Now listen, listen to what it is. Jesus asked him a question, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the water when the water is stirred up and while I'm uh, going, another steps down before me. Jesus said, get up, take up your bed and walk. And once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. 38 years of an unhealthy pattern, what was that? Blaming others for his problem. He literally, Jesus asked, do you want to be healed? And he says, the people won't help me. He said, I've been asking for 38 years. And the reason I am this way is because people would not put me in the water. This moment, Jesus is trying to get across to us that the people were not purposed in his life to put him in the water. Listen, listen, 38 years of this unhealthy uh, pattern. And I picture this man of 38 years of his legs, probably could see his bones, like he's shriveled away to nothing. This man thought of his life, thought that, thought that his life was going to be like he was forever. He thought 38 years, I'm gonna live this way. See, a lot of times in our life, the reason walls of separation are created and the reason we build an unhealthy pattern in our life is because we make excuses. I have no one to put me in the water. Listen to me, at some point, we have to stop blaming others for our unhealthy patterns. Well, it's the mom, it's the dad, it's the friend, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. It's the culture, it's the president, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that, it's this, it's that. It's you. And the only way to get over you and the unhealthy patterns that's in you is to take a good look at you. And the reason there's a wall of separation that's been created in your life is because of you continuing to make excuses and blaming others. The pool of Bethesda was mercy water. Jesus came to deal with his wall of unbelief. There was a wall of unbelief in this man and there was a separation between his healing and his reality. And the wall, the separation happened and so there's a wall of unbelief was found in this man's mind. Jesus was dealing with this wall. He was dealing with a wall of rejection because nobody helped him before. Why would Jesus help him? Right, Jesus asked him a very strategic question. I love how Jesus does this too, because Jesus doesn't do the miracle just because you need a miracle. Jesus did a miracle because he wanted a miracle. If the guy would have said, I'm good, I wonder if he would have put him in the water. See, Jesus was trying to get this man to be honest about his situation. Do you wanna be healed? See, there was a wall of rejection that had been, there's a wall of skepticism. Are you like everybody else? Are you like everybody else? See, the woman had the same thing. Are you like all the other men that's let me down? No, what happened though is in this moment, Jesus responds to this guy's level of desire to experience healing. See, these walls that were created, many other walls that create separation in our life, that we, that, that, that these walls and many others that create separation, they create separation from the love, healing, and freedom that Jesus has for you. See, a stronghold is this, a prison. Put my sister in picture back up, please. A prison, a place where we take water and try to 
fulfill our lives from another source other than Jesus. This is a prison. The word stronghold is the word prison. It's the word fortress. That the prison and stronghold in our minds that create a wall of separation between our Father and others, this wall of separation, this unhealthy pattern that's come into our life, it's been created, and guess what? The thing which we thought was gonna fulfill us has now become a stronghold. It's a fortress, it's a prison. See, a prison is designed to keep others from getting in and keep the one inside the prison from getting out. And we've created this in our unhealthy patterns and it creates a wall of separation. Some of you have accepted the unhealthy patterns, the cycles and walls for a very long time. Some of you even deny as having anything wrong. Nothing can get in and the person inside cannot get out. That's a prison. 99% of our prisons that we deal with are right here. A stronghold is a mental wall, fortress and prison within your mind. Those things are only going to break when we get intentional about leaving the broken cisterns of this life and fully surrendering to Jesus. I'm not talking about praying a prayer. I'm talking about taking his word as first in your life. I'm talking about renewing your mind. I don't wanna get ahead of myself. I'm talking about changing the pattern. How many of you have ever seen Dr. Pimple Popper? Anybody? Isn't that the grossest thing you've ever seen? It looks like snakes coming out of people's bodies. Anybody else think that's nasty? I mean, anybody in their right mind, right? My daughter is a nurse and she says it's awesome and she's in her right mind, but listen. Dr. Pimple Popper, I, 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 I watched a little episode, just quick. And these people come in with these growths. And it's not like a typical like 16-year-old acne zit that you just go pow and it's on the mirror. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about we got to get a chainsaw out for this one. Vroom, buddy. We got to cut it open. And all of a sudden this anaconda comes out. You know, it's weird. But Dr. Pimple Popper, when you come in, these people are carrying these growths with them. And the first thing I noticed that she asked is this, how long have you had this? And so people will give an answer. There are some people that have walked around for years with this growth on their body, wherever it's at. And they've walked around with it and they've had this growth for a long time. And then she asked another question. She said, why did you wait so long to come to the doctor? Why have you walked around with this growth for so long? Why have you waited so long to come to the doctor? And people are like, well, I, you know, I just lived with it. I just, that's what I did, I just lived with it. Hello, it looks like you got a third eyeball coming out of your forehead. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we, we need to deal with that, right? There's a, but they've learned to live with it. But through this conversation, I noticed some things. Maybe they didn't intentionally wait to get the surgery to deal with the growth, but they, they became tolerant with the growth they carried. They, they became tolerant with it. And, and at some point, it bothered them long enough that they had to make a decision to want to be healed. And see, in this moment is that they had to become vulnerable and share their story. They had to tell Dr. Pimple Popper lady, I've been dealing with this for 15 years and it's been bothering me and I've just been embarrassed to come in and actually deal with the growth. So you know what? I put a tattoo on it so it looks like a mountain. 
I'm just saying like they walk around with these growths on and it's been years and they have to get vulnerable with their story. Listen, then after all of that procedure, she performs the procedure to bring them healing. I wonder how many of us are like the people that walk into the doctor's office, a doctor pimple popper, been carrying these growths and these unhealthy patterns in our life, and we've become tolerant of it, and we refuse to be vulnerable to tell a story that would reveal our growth and the problems that we have. Listen, the doctor cannot perform surgery on your life unless you're honest with him. Jesus cannot do anything in your life as far as healing until you get real. Maybe the woman at the well, her healing, come and meet a man who told me all things. The man at the pool of Bethesda made no assumption about the man, that Jesus came to heal. Jesus, listen, Jesus doesn't violate our will, but he empowers us to choose for ourselves and to partner with him. In other words, in order to stop running in circles and experience the freedom God has for us, it is dependent upon our yes. Yes, God, I wanna be healed. Do you wanna be healed? Yes, I wanna be healed. It starts with an acknowledgement that you have a growth that you can't deal with on your own. And it starts with you understanding that you're gonna have to break cycles of where you've been getting fulfillment from and you're gonna have to break the mindset in your life. And we're gonna get to that. But listen to me today, you're gonna have to come to the yes of your life and answer the question, do I want to be healed? And I believe that the answer to that question will determine how heaven responds to you. He said, take up your bed and walk. Can you imagine legs that have not been working for 38 years? No muscle, thin bones. And all of a sudden he says, take up your bed and walk. What about a supernatural, come on somebody like Jesus gave him calves that we've never seen before. Come on, he put muscle on his legs, and all of a sudden, the guy might have been crickly at first because he hadn't walked for 38 years. And all of a sudden, as he's walking, strength gets in his legs, and all of a sudden, the Bible says strength hit his life, and he started running. Listen to me today. Maybe that's you today. Maybe today God wants to, God wants to move in your life in a way where the unhealthy patterns, you answer the question, do I wanna be healed? Close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. How long have you dealt with the growth of unhealthy patterns? Some of you, you're seeing your unhealthy patterns and decisions you're making. If you wanna change the behavior and you wanna change the decisions, change the unhealthy pattern. Start with a yes. Start with, hey God, this is a process I know but I'm willing to go through that process in order for you to heal me. Acts 3 says this, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. How do we start? Repent. Repent means to change your mind and go in another direction. It doesn't mean to pray a prayer of salvation. It means to repent. It means to change your mind and go in a different direction. How many of you today say, Pastor, I've been building walls of separation through unhealthy patterns. I've created idols in my life and I've been thirsting for the wrong stuff. I've been living out of a broken uh, 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 a cistern and I'm ready for the, the well of living water to begin to wash over me and times of refreshing and healing would come from the presence of the Lord. How many of you today say that's me? I, I, I need to repent of those things in my life. Come on, man, put your hand up high. For those of you, don't, don't be ashamed. We all have to repent and change our mind in areas. Well, I got it all together, pastor. That's an unhealthy behavior right there alone, folks. The fact that you can't acknowledge the things in your life to the point that it's created behaviors that are unhealthy, that starts with an unhealthy pattern in your mental abilities, all of a sudden in your mental capacity, in your thought life, all of a sudden now you're not gonna acknowledge the fact 
I'm good, Pastor. I got this all together. I've been working this out. But what are you missing out on? Don't live in that place of tolerance. Live in that place of freedom and allow the growths of this world and the patterns to fall off of you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today for each person, Lord, that raised their hand. God, today, that those unhealthy patterns and those unhealthy things that are in our lives today, we start with yes. We say yes to you, God. We say yes, do it in us, God. We say the things in our life that have created walls of separation, walls, a God of imprisonment, prison within our mind and in our life, God, the, the places where we've erected idols and places where we've thirsted for things and we can't give fulfillment. God, I pray today in the name of Jesus, Lord, that as we repent and we turn from our ways, that God, you'll begin to invade our lives as we start to renew our mind and we start to deal with our relationships, as we start to make decisions, God, based out of healthy patterns, that God, will see our lives flourish. We'll see things uh, happen in our life that we never thought could happen. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus today, we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord, for invading our yes today. Thank you for coming into each person that said yes to you today that says, I need to repent and turn. So today, Lord, we praise you. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on. Can you give the Lord a big hand clap today? Again, we're going to unpack this series. I can't give you all in one message. Like I'm already late. Like I can't give you it all. We'll be here till three o'clock in the afternoon. Amen. We could order some pizza, but we're not staying till three. Right, but I want you, I'm gonna unpack this, and so make sure you go back and listen. We have everything available online for you to check out, download the app, you can do that there. All right, amen, amen. Hopefully today you just started to see, maybe you wrote down some notes and said, hey, this is an area that I really need to focus on. Maybe it's financial, unhealthy patterns, maybe it's relational, maybe it's, maybe it's relationships, those things, you write those things down and start to zero in on some of those unhealthy patterns that you see. Right? And so. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.